Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wildridge, and this is the show where we like to talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, F9s, and everything else. Uh, and with me, as always, is the remarkable Roxy Stryer. Hmm. Mm. It's a good and simple and sweet one for the day. Yes. I am truly remarkable, DJ. That's what all the people say. Well, I, I, you have been doing a special thing on Instagram where you've been posting, um, and I think this was incredibly smart of you, a picture of, I guess it's like every year of you growing up. Yeah. With you doing this uh, uh, reasonable facsimile of the same picture now as you go to 30. And I, I will say many of them have been very remarkable. I think today the uh, pink pink hair wig was involved. Yeah. Yes. But DJ, here's what I will say. I don't know if I fully thought this through because like, what am I going to do when I get to 28? <laughs> uh, so I have to figure out what that's going to look like. You have to. Uh, go what? back in time and get a younger version of you to do the same picture. Do that you same, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe, I, I'm not sure. So we will see what happens. I look really, I look remarkably different until about 25. So it will work until then. And then right around 25, kind of, this is what it looks like. So. You should just, just give yourself a break and put one, the same picture beside itself. Twice, Let's just yeah. double up. How, I don't know if I could find, I mean, I'm sure if I asked my parents, they'd be able to dredge something up. How did you go about finding these pictures of yourself? So my brother and my sister have been going through since my dad was um, moving out of our like family home, have been going through all of the photos in the house and putting them in albums. So it's like year one, year two, year three of like our lives. And so I texted my brother. I was like, I know this is annoying, but can you go grab? some pictures for me. So every picture I'm posting, he's sending to me. Um, and then I went to my grandparents' house and went through photos this week. And that, and once I'm at 14, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's weird. Tomorrow's picture, DJ, I pulled straight from MySpace. Oh snap. So what you actually had to go back to MySpace? I like found it on the internet and was like, where the hell is this coming from? And it is a MySpace photo. How do I get rid of my MySpace? I don't know. How do I log into it? I don't know. DJ, you will you will die laughing at this one tomorrow. I am for MySpace. I put this is exclusive for you guys for you moist little ears. <laughs> I am posed. I this is what I made my friend do for my MySpace picture. I think like some boy had just upset me or something. Classic. I made her pose. I put mascara all down my face mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I pose with a tissue in my hand, pretending I'm crying mm -hmm. to upload that photo to my space. What were we doing? What I made her doing? take a photo. What was that even like that? We must've had like a, a disposable camera. Mm -hmm. And then I made her print that. So I'm like scan it into my computer. Yes. Or yes. Classic. Yeah. Cause so good. It, how much content, how much of MySpace's content was adolescent kids mad that the some crush or person that they liked or whatever hurt them? Even took or, them out of your top eight, like <laughs> mm, that was brutal. Yeah, because I I can only think about the thing I remember about MySpace specifically was picking obviously top eight, but also picking the song that would blast in people's faces the second they clicked on it, and oh, it was yeah. always something related to like. This girl hurt my feelings. <laughs> I think I went back and forth between Goo Goo Dolls and Dashboard Confessional about yes. 50 times. So, you know, those were kind of my two stages. Oh, man. Our taste of music was so good back then. And the <laughs> early, well, I guess it would probably be, what was that? 
aughts or 2010s at that point oh, whatever no 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 that was 2000s 2000 like mid 2000s oh, 2003 for me this this one's gonna be 2003 early 2000s what a time wow. <laughs> what a what a time a simpler time i think um anyway <laughs> was it i you know was that's the th- funny thing about about nostalgia is when people are like ah oh, yeah simpler time yeah but that was a simpler time for you like yeah, yeah the the late 80s early 90s were simple for me because i was a child i didn't have yeah, bills. Yeah. like it wasn't simple 100%. for anybody else yes my parents did a wonderful job feeding me and keeping a roof over my head that made my shit real simple mm-hmm. i got to go to school yeah <laughs> yeah and then people oh. like come back and become uh, politicians are like, we need to take it back to a simpler time where I didn't care about things. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, but it doesn't mean shit wasn't yeah. happening. <laughs> That's interesting. If you do stand up DJ, that should be your thing. Thank you. Thank you. I was thinking about the other day. Cause I, I, you and I both have a lot of friends that do stand up and I was like, yeah, I could never do. There's just too much pressure. I think I could do like, um, like I grew up in the church where, so sometimes I would do some speaking and I could do stuff like that, like Ted talks where you could slip in some bits, but yeah. the goal isn't, there's not an expectation that like, I'm going to watch this person and laugh. That's a lot of pressure that I don't know if I could deal with. There's a lot of pressure. I agree. I wholly agree Didn't with that. The world girls do something stand up related. We, we performed at the comedy store, but we were doing a, a comedy podcast there. So mm-hmm. for me, that's just much more, you know, same thing as you're just talking about. We had two hours long form and like, you're telling funny stories, but you're yeah. not, it's not like bit, bit, bit. Yeah. Cause I talk to my comedian friends and they say their goal is to make people laugh every 10 seconds. And I'm like, that would be give me a heart attack. Yeah, it's tough when, especially like you know, I'm sure you're in the same boat. Like when back, especially back in the SourceFed days, when I'm doing stuff with like Steve and Mike Falzone and Elliot Moore. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, no, you, you definitely worked with some of the funniest MRFers I have ever. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's, that's why they do it professionally. Anyway. Yeah. So this show is not that, sort of that, I don't know. Anyway, what we're talking about today is we're talking about F9 that's coming out uh, this weekend as of this recording. If you're listening on Monday, that's come out and maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, but we're talking about it. And with that, we're going to be talking about long-running franchises because I think the Fast movies are unique in that the back half of their movies tend to be better than the front half. But anyway, just the resurgence of this franchise, um, you've got movies like the Mission Impossible movies that are still going strong. It used to be that like sequels were notoriously bad, and now we're getting into a stage where, and not even if you want to get into the whole MCU of it all, where franchises are able to just kind of go and go and go. So we're going to be talking about that, plus a bunch of other stuff. Um, if you want to listen to the whole OSA show discussion, you can do that at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. And uh, if you listen on Spotify, we ask you a question every week. Last week, uh, we had Dan Casey on, and he was able to give me the... Oh, I didn't even know! Yeah, was... I love that guy! Uh, it was really great. It was really, like, it was a bummer that you weren't here, Rexa, because I know that you're uh, uh, pro- uh, an expert gamer, and so I would have been great to hear you your thoughts on e3 expert expert, expert. Wait, but, somebody was telling me about a h4 this week or something and i was like oh that's the gaming convention here's what i know mm-hmm. and they were like no that's e3 and i was like 
Mm-hmm. 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 Nailed mm-hmm. it. Nailed yeah. it. But other than you, the next best person I think is Dan Casey. Uh, second. Uh, Did you tell him he was second place? I didn't at the time. I try to be uh, very polite to our guests. But, no, uh, be rude. Be rude. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so we talked about that. And so on the Spotify question um, was what game announcement excited you most from E3 2021? A lot of Nintendo fans in the audience. We got William Niles Wilson's, Wilson, who said that new Mario Party collection. I played Mario Party 2 a bunch as a kid. So I'm happy to get to be frustrated during some of those mini games all over again after 20 years. Yikes, time flies. Um, I mean, I think I pronounced your name wrong last time, too. I apologize. At some point in one of these, tell me how to pronounce your name so I don't butcher it if I am. Jasui Wazalewski says Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Dread for sure. Did not expect more Metroid this year. And Christopher Inthanon, Breath of the Wild 2. Can't wait to see how the story progresses. So that was our question. And of course, you can also do give us a five-star review on iTunes. And like we've said before, I'll literally read whatever you write as long as you give us that five-star review. Wow. That's a lofty promise. I know. But I intend to deliver. You could say five stars. Roxy and DJ suck. I'd read it. And DJ would just say. I'd read it. You know, thank you for the five-star. Thank you for the five-star. Yeah, I'd read it. So that's I'm just throwing that out there. So let's get into what we're into this week. Let's start with Mighty Ducks. So so Mighty Ducks finale happened several weeks ago. However, when when uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier went off, mm-hmm. I stopped. I forgot to do my Thursday midnight watch Falcon the Winter Soldier, then watch Mighty Ducks. So wow. I was three episodes behind, which I didn't even realize I was three episodes behind. And when I was watching Loki this week, it ended, and for some reason, it hit me, and I was like, oh, "Mighty Ducks, what have I done?" And it's hard, DJ, because nobody we know is watching this show, so it's <laughs> not like in this, you know, it's not like people are like, "Did you catch that episode of Mighty Ducks last night?" So I had no reminders. So when I remembered this, and I went and looked, and I had three episodes, it felt like it felt like Jesus's gift to this planet for mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. and from one Jew to another. Thank you so much, yes. Jesus. I needed this moment. Yeah. It was so so good this entire first season was like one of the most well-rounded best first seasons of a show that i've seen in so long i am recommending this to all parents because i think it is so fun if i had a kid which i super duper don't but Mm -hmm. if i did if i did watching this with them or if i had a niece or nephew like this would be the tits it's awesome there's some great life lessons in there but it's also one of those things you know when you go and you see a kid's movie but you feel like wow they really did this for me too Mm -hmm. it's that and and by the finale i felt like they made a decision you know how the, the big deal in any first season finale or first movie like a rocky or whatever we're talking about is are you guys gonna win or lose mm-hmm. because then what does that mean for season two you know you build yeah. all the way up to something and then are you going to be the winners or the losers and the way that they handled which i won't i won't reveal but the way that they handled how their season ends mm-hmm. um i thought was really really good and a different thing than I'm used to seeing. And I thought that they, they have really touched on something fascinating, which was happening when you and I were coming up DJ, but I think is happening tenfold for the kids coming up now, which is that this is too, 
too effing much on children. What we're doing right now, like thinking that when you are 12 years old, you're about to make or break what happens for the rest of your life, depending on how good you are at this one thing is not so Mm -hmm. it's not so. And so it, it shows all different types of parents and getting in the way and all different family dynamics. And I'm just super duper into this show. I cannot recommend it enough. It was really sweet and endearing and yeah, they nailed it. And also I liked Mighty Ducks growing up. So the nostalgia factor was really cool too. Do we know if we're getting a season two? I I would be shook shocked. Yeah. Shook shocked. Shook shocked. If we did not. But I guess the answer to that is no, DJ. I don't know the answer. We don't know. So shook shocked. Let's go on to Superman and Lois. I just watched this last night. Um, we're both all caught up. Roxy. What do you? How do you feel about what we're doing with Superman and Lois? Because I've got based mixed on feelings. your high voice, DJ. I don't think you're liking it. You tell me. So, I like a lot of it. So this episode is primarily a flashback to um, uh, Superman and Lois's mute cute and their their history together. And Tyler Hecklin as Clark Kent is is I would argue like pitch perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, and, he's really working for me. And him and Bitsy Tuluk's, um chemistry is amazing, especially in this episode. It's great. It does invest in, in some tropes that Superman picked up from the Superman movie that I don't love. Like, I don't love that, like, Jor-El's like, we sent you here to be Superman. Like, I don't like that predestined chosen one bullshit. I'd rather Superman decides for himself, like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, uh, I also don't love that, like, Clark Kent just showing up like, hey, I don't have any uh, experience doing this, but can I be a reporter? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, because I, I think. Like, can, yeah. Can you get coffee and you'll be here? Yeah, good. You start now. Here's a job. Order. Yeah. And it's just Not like. An intern, okay. And it feels like a missed character beat of like, as somebody, you know, we talked a little bit about this with Wanda and WandaVision and your love for Wanda. Superman means a lot to me. So I've spent a lot of time thinking of like, what would his motive, what would this person's motivations be to be a reporter? Maybe the idea of trying to find out his own personal truth about his life led him to an interest and kind of an obsessiveness with, with, with the truth that led him into reporting and, you know, that stuff. And so when we just kind of like paper over it and like, well, he's a reporter because in the comics he's a reporter and we move on, it feels like a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That said, again, I love the classic Fleischer costume that they put him in. I, I like Tyler Hecklin a lot. I, I think his uh, 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 chemistry with Lois is great. So I like all of that stuff. And I think they play those scenes really well. I also think it's really stupid. I, I am a firm believer that the glasses would work in general. Because if, if you see Superman on the news and you run into Clark Kent on the street, you're not necessarily going to put two and two together. If you've had a face-to-face conversation with both of them, you'd fucking know. You'd know. You know what I mean? Like, and so I don't love that. Anyway, all that said, I don't necessarily like the Krypton storyline. Also, caveat, I'm not sure I understand it. Because it feels like every time you get a beat on it, they're like, like in this episode was like. You're talking about the brother stuff? All the brother stuff. Because every time I feel like, like, okay, so they're giving, using X-Kryptonite to give people Superman powers. And then it's like, but they're importing Kryptonian souls. It's like, wait what when was that happening and this episode was like i'm gonna take you to my fortress and i'm gonna torture you and then it's like i think superman's turned evil wait was that on the table him turning evil did i miss something like yeah i was with you on that all of a sudden i was like huh evil i thought we were 
I'm sorry, Lois. And I'm like, wait, what? So I, I like, I think the actors are good. I think a lot of the more grounded character stuff is good. I think their take on Superman and his family is good. The overall plot that we're going into with evil Kryptonians and their souls and he's got a long lost brother and why are both of their dads so fucking old like both of the like they were they were jettisoned as babies did they have these babies when they were 60 anyway whatever that stuff I don't think works as well for me but what about you I'm actually really really with you on this all the character stuff is really working with me I actually thought that one of the more interesting parts of this episode was the Lana uh, Clark stuff. Yeah. Because I, there is something to, uh, we obviously root for Superman and Lois because they're Superman and Lois. It's the name of the show. <laughs> but at the same time, I've been having questions about like what happened with Lana and why did he leave and what was the situation there? And like seeing him come back and her be gone and, and realizing that Clark has not always gotten everything that he wanted. And sometimes not getting everything you want in the moment actually means getting what you want in your life. Yeah. And that feeling like that feeling of even Superman having that, I don't know, maybe just because of the time of life I'm at right now, but mm-hmm. that was, I thought that, that was really beautiful and interesting and um, I don't know what it means for the future. And I, I really hope that this show does not go in a certain direction with them, but that was cool to see. Um, I also actually am liking a lot of the teenage stuff and knowing when to keep secrets and when not to, and what's going on there. And even some of the corny CW, like, I don't want to just be friends anymore yeah. lines, you know, it's weird to watch teenagers make out, but at the same time, I was like, see, she doesn't want to just be your friend. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, of the brothers he's the nerdier one and the different one but he's the one who's getting the girl and whatever just a lot of good stuff going on storyline wise i like learning more about clark and lois and when clark decided to let her know that he was superman and and his mom being supportive of that and just being like are you sure but not being angry about it and all that stuff totally worked the thing that is a little off for me right now is I am not invested in this brother storyline. Yeah. I and and it is confusing and convoluted. Yeah. Uh, and so when you're not invested in something and it's confusing, then it's even more confusing because you're not paying attention to it. So like, <laughs> you know, any any time that uh, even like with the flashbacks of the brother with the dad being like essentially beauty is pain and making him sit in the whatever uh, red beam yeah. of heat. Uh, who knows? Uh, I was just like, can we speed this up? Mm-hmm. I get it. You know, I get creating a villain. Got you. Yeah. All right. This is what happens when you've got bad parenting. All right, move forward. Uh, and I don't think that's what the show is wanting me to feel. I think they think that that's their A storyline. And to me, I'm like, that's the C storyline right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yes. And and it's also weird too. We didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, but because last week was where Lana got to be the mom for a second, right? Was that last week? Got to be the mom. Where the Clark's mom's consciousness got teleported into Lana. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. She was literally the mom. Yeah, yeah. Show best acting for Emmanuel Chiriki. She did really good in that episode, even though the story was weird. It makes the whole brother plot makes Clark's mom, biological mom, seem really not great. Like, was she okay having her other son get blown up on Krypton? Like, the, 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 I feel yeah, like I don't know. These are questions I would ask. I'd be like, "So we? I had a brother that you didn't 
you have a hologram that could tell me stuff didn't tell me also you were cool with him getting blown up can you expound on that a little bit yeah totally i'm very with you on that i definitely have more questions luckily this show has a long time to give us answers though because i have a feeling that we're gonna get many many seasons and yeah true true and i also obviously her consciousness was in lana but it is weird that the visual I have now for Clark's mom is Emmanuel Cherokee. And then the two yeah. guys that she was supposed to be with, I'm like, oh, things didn't work out for yeah. Mrs. Superman, Superman mom. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. Anyway, uh, real quick, before we move on to news, Hellbent, everybody. Thank you. I want to thank everybody. So what's going on? So we're right now, as of this recording, we're 150% funded. We've reached, yeah, we've reached our first stretch goal. We're working on our second stretch goal, which actually the, the second stretch goal really excites me because it's it's extra material in the story. Um, Hellbentcomicbook.com, if you guys haven't gone, um, uh, you know, a lot of it, it's it's been very humbling. The support I've been doing, doing the rounds, promoting it, getting to 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 hang out on other people's shows and talk to people, um, which has been really cool. Um but yeah, we're we're really happy with the way it's going. We're I think we're so we're going to be entering as of this recording. We're going to be entering our third week, so we're a little bit um, we're around halfway through. Um, but I, first off, I want to thank everybody who has supported and backed it. And Roxy, I want to thank you for for tweeting it out and helping me helping me get the word out. I've been mentioning it on all of my shows, DJ. Really? Thank we, you. Yeah, we haven't we haven't been able to have you on, but on on World Girls, we did a. Um, a pride episode and i talked about this when we were talking about some art and then on uh on live at the roxy i've been mentioning it too because i think it's freaking awesome what you're doing thank you and so much. i saw that you guys were doing well but i didn't see that you were doing this well this is crazy dj yeah it's really it's really cool it's it's really cool to see how excited people are for it um um uh, supporting it and and i and i'm really excited for people to to read it and um yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really cool. And and for those that don't know, like I've been saying, it's it's like a classic Vertigo comics, like Preacher. It's like Sandman, you know, talking about Pride Month. It has our lead character is a trans woman, and she's got crazy supernatural powers, and she has to team up with this arcane assassin uh, to to uh, escape an evil cult. And so there's just a lot of cool elements, and the collaborators are really cool. Like I co-wrote it with Jaina July, and we've got Heather Vaughn on art with Ellie Wright on colors, Haley Rose Lyon on letters. I keep saying, and now it's like it's default in my brain. But like, yeah, you can go. Uh, uh, I I just was on um, uh, the Meaning of podcast. I think as of this recording, Rogue Theory, the episode I was on, should be out there. A lot of cool, exciting stuff. But go support it. Go support it. We're again, we're on our second stretch goal, which is um, if you've read Watchmen and kind of like the back matter in that, or if the recent X Men comics that have this kind of supplementary material, we're going to include that in the comic because when we were making it, when Jane and I were making it. It's a whole like universe. It's a whole world um, with its own its its own um, rules and traditions and stuff like that for for different characters and different groups and organizations and backstories. And it's hard to fit all of that in a story organically. And so this is kind of a way to expand that world um, and and let you in on some of the secrets, like you know who are the Eternal Watchers? What's Han Six's deal? There's a whole character. Um, that gets introduced later in the story that that is important and plays an important part. Anyway, all that stuff will be will be able to include that if we reach this next stretch goal. So I'm very excited about that. Go share it, go support it. I appreciate you all. Hellbentcomicbook.com. I'm looking at uh, I'm on there right now, just looking at all these comments of people um, writing that they like 
are backing it and why and all this stuff. This is so cool, DJ. Well, and it's cool too. Um, with with if you know with the support that it has, if there's if there's a good chance we'll be able to to continue the story, and that'll give us more because uh, you know a big part of it is it's edgy and it's dark and it's got action and violence and stuff like that. But it's also supposed to be inclusive and positive, and we're looking forward to as we expand the story. Um, have more characters from different backgrounds and hopefully include other creators too from different backgrounds. So every, so hopefully no matter who you are, you can come at this comic and see a little bit of yourself in it. Not that, you know, you're, it's, it's one story. You're not going to be able to include everybody's experiences, but just to, just to feel like you're a part of this world and have a comic where you can feel like you're a part of it. I think is something that's important to us. This is so great. It's just so great. Thank wow. you. Thank you. And I really appreciate your support and I appreciate everybody's support uh, at home. It really, it, it, it's hard to articulate, but it really, really means a lot. So yeah. Cause when it's so hard to put your blood, sweat and tears into something and then have it not be to feel like you're pulling teeth and to not have to feel like you're pulling teeth on this one. Yes. You know, <laughs> yeah, so you know, cool. and, and yeah. And, and, uh, I, honestly, I was, I was really worried about the response because like my last comic was like, Hey, Dawn of the dead, but Jurassic park, it was really easy to be like, Hey, here's the deal. This is a little bit more complicated. It's a little bit more nuanced. There's a little bit more going on. So I didn't know how people were going to feel about it, but, um, yeah. So, so it's, you're right. It feels good that it's not, yeah. it's going and I don't, I don't need to like, I still stress about it, but not as much. <laughs> yeah. This is huge. That's awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now let's talk about a movie that will get people's asses asses in the theater seats all oh, over the sure. globe. Uh, I don't know if it got kicked out of China or not because I know there was that whole controversy. But let's talk about F9. We did a spoiler-free discussion. I think at the end of our talk here today, we might do some spoilers. But I know it's just come out, so I don't want to spoil it for people. Um, even though, again, it feels like a lifetime since Roxy and I saw it in theaters. Um, totally. As of right now, that Rotten Tomatoes went down a little bit since we last talked about it. It was 63%. F9 sends the franchise hurtling further over the top than ever, but director Justin Lin's knack for preposterous set pieces keeps the action humming. And the synopsis on IMDb, Cypher enlists the help of Jacob, Dom's younger brother, to take revenge on Dom and his team, which is still not actually the plot of that movie. Um, and, of course, it was directed by Justin Lin, written by Daniel Casey and Justin Lin. Um uh yeah so so dan casey wait what friend of the no uh probably a different person uh daniel casey important distinction mm. um so roxy have you have you watched all of the fast films i have same my especially I'm a, fast, I'm a fast gal you're you're a fast gal yeah my wife and i went back and like watched the whole franchise leading up to it even though i'd already seen most of them what interests me about the fast movies and what I think a lot of the conversation around the fast movies is how, is their renaissance. How like basically the first fast movie was a ripoff of Point Break with Keanu Reeves um, and it went through different different avenues till we got to Tokyo Drift and then 4, 5, 6, the introduction of Dwayne Johnson into the series like it just it just took off like a rocket and we're here now where it's one of the biggest film franchises in the world. 
with spinoffs yeah yeah the whole thing so like i don't know about you but like growing up like the we all talked about sequels like they just kind of universally suck they're not good so what what is the fast movie secret to to finding some late movie success and what do you think the secret is for a film franchise with multiple sequels to like work I feel like Fast does a really good job of not giving a crap um, about itself. Like it, it is in on the joke all the time and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think Fast has identified exactly what it is and leaned into that. Like the more time that went on, the more they realized, oh, we are a place that people are want to see in theaters. We're a movie that people want to see in theaters. They want to come and have a good time. They want to forget about whatever's going on at home and they just want to live their life. Um, but we also want to do that in a way that's like family. Mm-hmm. family. And I, I think that they just kept bringing it. I mean, some of the biggest stars on the entire planet are involved with the fast franchise, Yeah, the biggest stars on the planet. And so they brought in huge names. This works for people on the coasts. This works for people in the middle of the country. This works for overseas. Like they just, I think all of those things made this for such a hit. Uh, and the stories are super simple. Yeah. You know, they're not complicated. We always know who the heroes are, who the villains are, and then the person who's going to be the villain turned hero. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of just the way it's gone always. And then it also always is a franchise who tries to one up itself. You know, if it's not a submarine, then it's space. And yeah. if it's not space, we'll just keep going. Um, time travel. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't, knows. I don't know where we go after space, but yeah. <laughs> who knows? But like, uh, and it's self awareness about, um, you know, even like in this movie, I, I won't give spoilers, but multiple times they reference how like ridiculous it is that they're alive, mm-hmm. uh, and and totally, totally. So. Yes, for all those reasons, I just feel like this franchise knows exactly what it is and then delivers on exactly what we want. I think that's a really good way to to sum it up. And, and yeah, and one I, I think one of the things I appreciate about it, especially under Justin Lin's care, is its dedication to practical effects work, even in this movie as we introduce magnets. You know what I mean? Like they, they still do a lot of the stunts practically. Um, and it's kind of like the last bastion for, for that kind of like filmmaking and and it's interesting too because i think a lot of um films rest on the laurels of family or found family but nine movies deep that feels earned like it feels like yeah when they're like yeah we're family it's like yeah i mean yeah you are like it's at this this point point, yeah yeah. i also think with long-running franchises i think this is where marvel's found a lot of its, its success is embracing more serialized tv storytelling like there's a lot of a lot of um, elements in the fast movies that are soap operas the soap opera my, my wife like it's a, likes to say it's like it's a novella you know what i mean like it's um and that's not that's i mean that's a lot of 90s x-men success is it's incorporating soap opera stuff it's a it's a formula that works and so like you've got like lost siblings or people returning for everybody returning from the dead at some point or another um and it's in with with Marvel, like in a lot of ways, the MCU is kind of like the most expensive TV show that has ever existed with new episodes, two to three new episodes coming out a year, um, and, which has made its transition into the Disney plus shows uh, right. relatively seamless. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it's the same type of 
I same, would just say seamless. Yeah, yeah, like it's 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 work for them, and so figuring out that type of, and I think it's also when you get into a lot of the crossover between movie stars around and TV shows and TV stars go to, to movies and all that stuff. But for you, Roxy, outside of the fast movies, outside of Marvel, what is what are your favorite? like long running franchises. I think I messed up a little. I asked this question on the discord and I said more than three movies. And then a lot of people were like hunger games. They're like, well, that's kind of cheating. Cause the last, it is four movies, but the, the last two are, it's two parts of the same story. So that's a little, uh, that's not what I'm going for. But anyway, I mean, outside you, you my favorite, my nerdy heart beats hardest for DC. Mm-hmm. So I guess of that, like Batman, you know, yeah, I find sure. love in all in every Batman, everything ever um, to the point where I liked the show Gotham. So like you, yeah, d- you well, love the show Gotham. I think I it's loved, fair to say I loved Gotham, you know, so Batman and DC, obviously. Um, and so they're the big typical ones. Star Wars. There's never been a Star Wars movie. I didn't like ever. Okay. Okay. Hold on. What is your least, you like them all, but what is your least favorite Star Wars movie? Let's say animated one, clone. That's not, what's your least favorite live action Star Wars movie? Is it Solo? Maybe. Maybe. Um, Is this unfair? Is this an unfair question to ask you? No, I just really like them all. I would have to, I need to do another rewatch of the prequels to know which one's even my least favorite of the prequels. Mm Mm-hmm. But maybe Solo, although I one of my favorite moments in Star Wars history is how he gets his name and everybody else shits on that. So, you know. I, and honestly, I actually didn't like I didn't dislike Solo. I, I liked I liked elements of that. I, I like heist movie stuff, so that's that's fair. Um, yeah, but it was definitely not my favorite. Solo was definitely in my bottom two. Uh so very likely. But I love I love the Star Wars franchise. I'm a casual fan, though, as I always say to people. Half the time, I don't know characters' names. like, But I really like the franchise. And I love watching those movies. So I would say that definitely DC and Star Wars are high up there for me. Um, and then I am a big Planet of the Apes girl. Because yeah. growing up, we growing up, my dad was obsessed with Planet of the Apes. So we always used to watch Planet of the Apes. Then there's those middle movies that we don't really talk about. And then there's now Planet of the Apes, which are effing awesome again. So, like, in terms of franchises that have lasted a really long time that aren't like a Marvel, DC, or Star Wars, Planet of the Apes has done a phenomenal job rebranding itself and being interesting again and, like, one of the great franchises. Yeah, what a weird franchise that's known for being good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like because the premise, especially when you go back to the original Planet of the Apes, like the, the premise is like, ah, oh, that's kind of dumb. But the The premise the, is the title of the movie. <laughs> it is. What is the premise of his planet of the apes? Yeah, <laughs> and the, and then the the success of that first movie spawning a whole franchise, I think even a spin-off TV show and then of course like you said the the most recent movies uh have been have been uh pretty much Phenomenal. excellent across the board. <laughs> It, which is wild. It's just wild that like that 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 like people we love the Planet of Apes movie. Like I think Koba from from what is it Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is one of my favorite movie villains. Yeah, totally, totally. And that's and also talk about something that looks incredible. Yeah. Like it just continues to one up itself with the way that it looks. And who knew that I was going to be so enthralled by a bunch of apes? Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes? Okay, fair enough. So no, I don't. I'm not in the hate camp as much as everybody else, but hmm. I don't think I've seen it, so I can't. I can't make a judgment call on it. 
I've definitely seen every Planet of the Apes movie. I definitely would say if you are planning on skipping some, then that would be one. To... So, yeah, if you don't eat a lot of time. I well, and I also think about when I think about you talk about really long running franchises, of course, James Bond. And I think James Bond found the way um, where, you know, because obviously the fast movies, fast movies have a really interesting relationship with their own continuity. Because um, I think I started watching them with five which is great. I think it's still my favorite fast movie. And then it wasn't until five and then went back. Yeah. So I saw, I saw five, which is the first movie with Dwayne Johnson and then six and then seven. And the transition from six to seven, where I realized that fast three takes place after five and six. It was like, wait, what it made me, it made me think about like when you're just getting in the comics as a kid and like the weird continuity gymnastics, it's like, this is a superhero franchise. And yeah. then I like seven a lot with introduction of Jason Statham because I you know he's I I like Jason Statham movies, um, and, which was kind of a bummer why I didn't love Hobbs and Shaw because it's like the two of my my two favorite guys in the franchise get their own movie and then it was like it was fine it was okay and it was like but no but I should love this um, anyway uh, and then going back and like the way it works with its continuity especially in this movie there's a lot of continuity callbacks in F9 to the previous movies that I think really overall really work. Um, and it, it's funny, certain characters that come back, you're like, wait, what have you been up to since the last movie you were here? Um, where yeah, where have you been? Cause you're doing really different stuff now. Um, but James Bond does a very different thing where continuity does not matter. It essentially yeah. doesn't. Um, uh, the only time where it got a little weird is in recently is with Spectre which makes callbacks to like previous Bond movies. It's like, wait, did the Sean Connery move Bond exist in this universe? You know, I've only ever seen GoldenEye. GoldenEye's good, by the way. Go- I've seen one James Bond movie and it is GoldenEye. We just watched, uh, my wife and I just watched Eurovision, which has Pierce Brosnan in it. And she's like, wait, is that the guy from Doom Patrol? And I'm like, well, close, different Bond, like a different, different, different Bond. Um, That's right. That's I, really funny. I highly Goldeneye's good. I highly recommend Casino Royale. I love Casino Royale. Same director. Okay. Um, you can skip. What's the one that comes after Casino? I Royale? I thought Goldeneye was so meh. Well, you might really like Casino Royale because okay. it's a very different take on Bond, and that's kind of the only time where the continuity kind of really mattered is in these Daniel Craig movies. What's the one that comes after? Skip the. There's You're Casino Royale. Me, DJ? No, yeah, there's Skip you, Casino Royale's great. Highly recommend it. Skip the next one whose name I can't even remember. And then it's um it's not Spectre, it is Skyfall. And then Spectre's pretty good too. Uh but I think I think for somebody like you that might be on the fence about Bond movies, um uh definitely check out the Daniel Craig ones because I think his Bond's really good. Of course, he's the one I grew up with. Everybody every everybody's favorite bond is the bond they grew up with. So I grew up with Daniel Craig is when I was really paying attention to that stuff. and like that. Um, Sean Connery's ones are classics. I know everybody shits on the Roger Moore bonds, but my dad really liked it. That's the bond he grew up with was the Roger Moore one. So he shared the Roger Moore ones with me. So I have a lot of nostalgia for like Moonraker and stuff like that. Even though I know people don't like them, I, I enjoy them. Um, but that's, that franchise has gone on forever and will probably will go on forever and ever. Uh, and, and slightly, evolve and change and, and all that stuff. But yeah, if, if you're on the fence, if you saw Goldeneye, you're like, mm, check out Casino Royale and see how you feel about that. 
Okay. Because right. um, uh, I don't think my wife's seen Casino Royale, so I'm very excited to share that with her. Because uh, I'm, I like going back and revisiting movies. It's always great to you're go back. You're a big and, Bond guy. You're I don't feel, I don't guy. feel like I'm a big Bond guy, but I do like the Daniel Craig. Oh, ones. you're a big Bond guy. A, it's, a, it's decided I'm a big Bond guy. Uh, and then the, I did want to say one more, probably my favorite franchise, because when I only learned this when I was asked what my favorite Oscar winner of all time was, and this was my answer, and I was kind of shook by that. Yeah, um, is Rocky. Rocky is solid. The Rocky franchise is surprisingly solid. Oh, I loved. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, there are some Rocky movies that that did not that did not work, but Rocky one and two. Yeah. And now with the additions of Creed, uh, I think that this is a, it's one of the most meaningful franchise and like w- definitely one of the franchises that I feel like no at this point, no matter what they do, I am going to watch. I'm going to see yeah. uh, and definitely like the life lessons that come from Rocky. Oh, God. And, and going back to what I was talking about earlier with. Uh, how you're going to do a first movie and who's going to win and what, I mean, Rocky invented mm-hmm. how, to, how to do this yeah. in your first two. So yeah, Rocky for me is like the gold standard, even though it has some stink bombs. Yeah. And it, it got sucked up. It's, I think it's definitely more solid than the other long running Stallone franchise, which was of course Rambo, uh, uh, first blood Rambo, first blood part two, and then Rambo three. Um, but, uh, but I actually also have a lot of affection towards, Rocky three, because I was a kid. I love Mr. T. Every kid loved Mr. T. And so anytime Mr. T shows up on something, you're fucking stoked. Um, but yeah, I think Creed is such an amazing late stage revival. And there's so much to love about Creed, obviously. But one of the things I think always surprises me is Sylvester Stallone's willingness to be fucking old in that movie. Just come across as old, be his age and not have to be like macho, badass action star Sylvester Stallone. Like, and it, there's so much emotional weight in that. And and I think Creed two was okay. It wasn't as great as Creed one, but like, again, Sylvester Stallone, like coming to terms with his age and how that relates to Apollo Creed's son, Michael B. Jordan, that movie. Yeah. I think that, I think the Rocky movies is a, a really solid choice. And of course, a lot of people will bring up the Harry Potter movies, which they get, they had the benefit of being based off books. You know what I mean? So th- that, that helps. But yeah, so in the, ch- in the discord we had for me, it's lethal weapon hands down. Um, the first lethal oh. weapon's good. I don't know if I, uh, all of them, uh, but anyway, who, who said that Jake Hefner, Oh. He also says uh, the Rocky franchise is also good stuff. Brenda says Scream is a favorite for me. Uh, also love Die Hard and obviously Star Wars and Harry Potter. The Scream franchise is surprisingly sturdy as well. I, I think I've I think I've only seen Scream One and Scream Four, but I enjoyed both. Uh, Joey says growing up I watched all the Pink Panther movies. Deep cut. Uh, yeah. And those Road to Blank movies that star Bob Hope and Bing Crosby uh, with my dad, so they hold a special place. I also watched those movies with my dad, and I love them. Uh, but I don't even know what you're talking about. So there was a long-running franchise, um, uh, The Road to uh, Bali, The Road to Morocco, I think was one, but it was it was Bing Hope and Bill Crosby. Have um, I seen these? Wow, did I just... Uh, no, Bill, it's Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. What the fuck? Anyway, I don't know, but they're, they're from... Joe, you're gonna have to help me. I think like the fifties, but like of course, Bing Crosby is the straight man, the ladies' man, the singer, and Bob Hope is the is the kind of the the comedic one. 
obviously. And they're fun. They're just, they're just a blast. They're a lot of fun. Uh, so if you ever get a chance to, I'm sure they're streaming somewhere, but I, and that's another one where continuity really doesn't matter each time they're, they're playing versions of themselves. It's versions of Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, but they, they've got different names and there's a different love interest and always competing for the same girl and that sort of thing. Um, Cage 96 says the Nicholas Cage Pantheon, which I guess could count as its own franchise. Leonard Kim says Harry Potter for sure. Uh, and then he goes down like Divergent, Hunger Games, Shrek, uh, Despicable Me and Minions. Uh, also, Transformers. I will always defend the Transformer movies. They're robots in disguise more than meets the eye. Giant robots. I like life. those two, honestly. Uh, they lost me with two, and yet I've seen every one of them. I'm trying to find this road to stuff. I, I'm on Bing Crosby's filmography. I can't find this. So yet. I think look up like Road to Morocco, I think is ro- one. Morocco. Yeah, 1942. Oh my God, it's older than I thought. <laughs> I want to know more about this Road to Morocco. Uh, no one likes it when you're just like, how did I miss a whole franchise? Road to Bali. Yeah, I think it just mattered if you had a parent that was into that stuff to share it with you because there's no way that you would just stumble across it. Although a lot of like old cartoons like looney tunes and stuff that like that will reference that stuff um uh glenn caesar to toy story the karate kid police academy step up lol yeah i know it's a last choice uh, last choice is dumb but all the other usual sp- suspects were taken and then brenda uh co-signs the step up movies z roll says indiana jones and i sort of agree with that although in my mind indiana jones is and will always be just three movies um you and everybody else uh it's just those because those three movies are perfect those are basically in my opinion those are unless this next one's good and then you'll just you know there's a little you know how i just said i was okay i like the fact that sylvester stone was allowed to be old and creed we just need to let harrison ford be old it's it's sad like in star in star wars episode seven and now this new all the pictures we're seeing from indiana jones like taking this old man and dressing him up in the costumes he wore when he was like 30 it's sad and we need to stop it <laughs> wait you know what this road to road to everything is 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 reminding me of what um uh, honestly if you're talking about franchises growing up that you love my favorite franchise growing up by far i watched every single one of her movies is shirley temple i don't even know oh, if yeah. you would call that a franchise because like the movies really they were all different characters but Shirley Temple was its own like category of film yeah oh my god i watched ev- heidi um bright eyes um every every single every single thing she did the little colonel like i was obsessed with shirley temple that's awesome yeah and oh, it's, see, that's I the thing her. it's one of those like if you're like i obviously know who shirley temple is but i didn't watch any of those movies you know what i mean the so movies are sick dj they're so good i mean i i got i don't know if they hold up i haven't watched them <laughs> in a long time but i still remember all the songs from them you remember on the good ship lollipop I, yeah, I am. Yes, I am aware. What you know? What you know about the good chip lollipop? Animal crackers in my soup. This girl was a legend. And I think things turned out okay for her, right? Like she became like an ambassador or something, right? Yeah, yeah. She like got out. Yeah. And was like, nah. Yeah. I was a child star and now I'm going to like politics or something. I mean, yeah. I think she like ended up being very, very legit. Good for her. Because you hear a lot of horror stories. So good for, especially from that time. Good for her. Uh, Swan Man 85 says, why so many Purge movies? Um, and K-26 says, cheap and sells well. And um, Little Princess. Oh, the Bluebird. You so good. completely jumped off you've the road to train you've and now you just... Me. You've lost me. I'm gone. I'm gone down a Shirley Temple rabbit hole. 
She's down the Shirley Tempet rabbit hole. So before we wrap up, talking about long-running um, movies, SDS2084 asks, why is it hard for franchises like Alien, Terminator, Scream, I think Scream's sequels are actually pretty good, to make good sequels? Most of the franchises don't do all that well the longer they go. I think it's because you want to do whatever it was that made you successful the first time, but sometimes that means that you're literally replicating the first movie. Yeah. And so that sucks. And sometimes that means you're fighting so hard against that, that you've lost everything that people loved about the first movie. So that balance of doing what people loved, but in a different way is really hard for people to nail. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I also think like when you think about, you, you think about stuff like the MCU or Harry Potter or something or star Wars, even they're kind of built to continue the story and so it's hard for something that's not built for that to do that obviously the fast movies being an exception but i think they did the thing where like okay so where do these characters go next it's tougher you know you mentioned alien and terminator here and obviously the most iconic visual from those movies is the monsters the terminator or the xenomorph um but they're not the star of the franchise. You know, Sigourney Weaver is the star of the Alien yeah. movies. And uh, um, Sarah Connor is the star of the Terminator franchise, really. You know what I mean? It's about those first two movies are her. Terminator is even more difficult because it closes the loop. Terminator 2 ends the story. So, like, how do you, you – you, there is no place to go. And so you just have to, like – you talk about pulling teeth, like you kind of have to pull teeth to, to make a franchise out of that. I will still defend the Terminator TV show, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, because I think that found a really good way to continue that story. Um, if you get a chance to watch those two seasons of that. The other question here, just regular Josh says, Josh says, I'm throwing in the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies in uh, as for his favorite long running franchise. How do you feel about extended universe movies? So, Roxy, we are in an age where everybody wants to be the MCU and have their extended universe movies. Um, What do you think about that? I think that it's not a good place to start. I think that's a good point. Elaborate. (laughs) I think that if you make a movie with a beginning, middle, and end... (laughs) that's how you should set out to make a movie and then when if that movie does well you want to think about the extended universe of that that's great but like make a movie but roxy consider this i want all the money now though right no um (laughs) that's a solid point solid point I don't want to have to think about i'm not i didn't get in the movie game to tell stories i got in the movie game to make all all of the money I think that's a really bad reason to get into the game, especially because if you're, this is what I always tell people, you know, who are like, oh, wow, actors and actresses make so much money. Like, I don't think that anybody becomes or anybody good becomes <laughs> actor and actress to make a lot of money because the truth is very likely if you're becoming a director or writer or an artist of any kind, if your goal was to make a lot of money, you would have instead done something else yes almost anything else any anything else you know like my friends that i came up with they all they're on wall street or they're lawyers Mm -hmm. or they are bankers or that you know they're doctors and all those and i'm not saying those things are not incredibly difficult yeah but those things are guaranteed to make you money Mm -hmm. and and we picked maybe the one industry where you could be at this for 50 years and be very good at what you do 
and make zero dollars. Yeah. I don't know any other industry mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you could be at this forever, uh, make your life miserable and still so not make not, any money off. So deciding to make movies because you want to make all the money is like a really stupid decision. Do well, something else. And it, yeah, it's interesting. Yes, I agree. And it's the, the, the way that stuff appears from the outside. Cause like, you know, we were just talking about my campaign. It's 150% funded, which is really great. Uh, I still have not broken even on the yeah, investment. Yeah. No, no. I've still not. I think people don't get that. You know, people are like, wow, he just made X amount of money. And it's like, no, no, he made no money. Mm-mm. I just, I just made, I made yeah. enough to not go broke giving you this story I wanted to tell you. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think I, yes, I agree with all of that. I agree. I agree with all of that. And I think, um, yeah, it's tough too. Cause, cause you look at the success of the MCU, but you're right. The original Iron Man did drop that seed at the end. It clearly was something that was on their mind, but at the end of the day, they just needed to make Iron Man good. Like that was, that was the first thing. And then Iron Man did well. And then the Hulk mixed results. But then we got <clears throat> Iron Man two Thor, Captain America, and it started, and now they're at a point where, like, so, listen, let's, some of those, some of those Marvel movies don't really have a beginning or an end. They're just like a, a transition between the next big thing, and they can do that now. Yeah, but it's a, it's honestly was the biggest problem in DC, obviously, yeah. where they were like, wait, before before we build any of these characters at all, Justice League, yeah, so that we have all the options, and mm-hmm. it was like. Well, it's before, we, before we have a standalone Batman movie, BVS. Yeah. Hmm. And also, even the thought of like with, with Man of Steel and the reception that it received, the stop and thing like, wait, is this the one that we want to build the whole thing off of? Like, is this is yeah. this a framework that will support what we're trying to do? Because if what we're trying to do is just MCU with our characters maybe this isn't the start we're looking for. <laughs> like, right. And you know, I'm a massive DC fan, but yeah. for sure, for sure. The entire time they were thinking connected universe, extended universe yeah. until finally they were like not thinking that. And that's when their movies started to do. Okay. <laughs> yes. And yes. they were like, actually, wait a second. Yeah. And then it gives you another opportunity to see what works because what's been whether, and obviously there will be a lot of discussion about, about what people like, don't like all that stuff, but what's worked for them seems to be, I mean, it seems to be almost because Aquaman and Wonder Woman are so wildly different from each other. I think tonally, um anyway and but joker, and joker obviously yeah way different and, and but you're talking the, about what worked you and That's you talk hard. about other extended universes that have done well the conjuring movies and that was definitely not intended to be oh. expanded anything you know what i mean or like now you know um who knows how extended this is going to be but quiet place yeah. There's no way, there is no mother effing way making a quiet place john krasinski was like you know what I'm banking on the fact that this is going to have three movies. No, no way. way. No way. No way. He was, he was like, I'm hoping somebody will come see this. I'm pr- Please, somebody come see my movie that is mostly silent. <laughs> Please. Please and thank you. Well, those are our thoughts on long-running movie franchises, F9. Um, no spoiler talk in F9. One, what would you what would you spoil honestly uh i guess the after credit sequence but um you can just you can just go and that was my it. least favorite part of the whole movie i want to know why why can you tell he, me why he mean in the movies or as a as a person do you know that from personal experience no <laughs> i mean it truly if i'm being honest it tracks but no <laughs> 
<laughs> I get it, but I like his movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, listen. Let us <laughs> go see F9. Let us know what you that is DJ's ever been. No. no. But I like no. An A-list Hollywood celebrity is not nice. He's an asshole. No, no I'm shocked. I'm shocked and stunned. Um, let us know what your favorite long-running movie franchises are. What you think of F9, Roxy? Where can they find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer, uh, and we are gonna on Wednesday drop our World Girl episode where we gave a Hollywood tour bus a whirl, where we went around yeah. to everybody's. Uh, <laughs> all the celebrities homes and like Beverly Hills and WeHo on a bus uh, may or may not have been uh, on some very fun substances and just living our best life, getting driven around like tourists. It was great. That's dropping Wednesday, uh, this 6 PM Pacific time. Amazing. Go, please go check that out. You can find me at DJ talks trash. You can find my comic at hellbentcomicbook.com. You can fo- follow the show on everywhere that matters at only stupid answers, but on Twitter, Yank out the vowels from stupid. I miss saying that. And we will be back next week talking about other cool things. And a happy fifth anniversary to only stupid answers. Happy fifth anniversary. Bye, everybody.